Welcome, welcome to Oh Brother, Where Art Thou? This is a production of IBN, the kind of classically bombastic network. I am here with my brother, Corey Carlton, and we're going to discuss all the latest issues today in sports. Let's see if we can get my brother on the line. Corey, can you hear me? Can you hear me, Corey? Oh, technical difficulties. Can you hear me, Corey? There's too much going on here. I will have to edit this out. Let's see if we can get him on here. Corey, can you hear me? Okay, let me just try it again. Yeah. Let's see. Can you hear me, Corey? It's not doing what I wanted to do. Let's try it again. Hello, can you hear me? You can hear me now? Yes, can you hear me? Uh, yeah, Blog Talk doesn't like me anymore. I'm trying to do it on Skype and it won't uh it won't it won't go through for me. But uh anyway, I have to edit that part out. All right, let's uh let's go to let's recap the championship games really quickly and then kind of do a, a brief, very brief Super Bowl preview. Were you surprised that the Broncos uh, beat the Patriots, and were you surprised by the way they beat the Patriots? Uh, if they were going to win, I don't think you can really be surprised by how they won. Um, I, I mean, I was a little, I was pretty surprised. Um, I mean, I think I think it was just an assumption. Um, without really, I didn't really dig deep into it, and, and just kind of, I didn't really watch the first game. Um, I think if you watch the first game, you probably could have a better understanding that no matter what weapons he has, um, they're not getting open in two seconds. So um, I was a little surprised. I would definitely wouldn't say shocked. I was definitely more shocked by the fact that Carolina blew Arizona out. I thought Carolina would win for sure, but I didn't think they would just utterly dominate them like they pretty much did every time. Carson Palmer. I, I felt like the whole team was shell shocked. They hit them early on. People were acting out of character, even though it's not made out of character for Patrick Peterson to talk about But everybody, I felt like, in on Arizona was just pressing and trying to do too much. Palmer and even the coaches, how deep they were going early on. I just felt like they they were they panicked quickly. Yeah, and I, I think we're not we don't give the Panthers enough credit, man. They have a lot of warriors in them. Where people just keep discounting things. I mean, at home they beat the crap out of teams. That's just kind of how yeah, it works. Yeah, they jump on people so quick. It's like they come out a first round looking for a knockout, and they keep you on the ropes the rest of the fight until maybe the later rounds people have come back on them. But that's how they play, especially at home, man. I mean, and it, and you can feel it. Like even through the TV, you can feel the energy there. Like it's definitely something special there. That's. 
reminds me of kind of like New Orleans back in the day, just with how lively you can feel the energy in the crowd. It's definitely an underrated home court advantage. And, I mean, home field advantage. And, and they had been taking advantage all year. I think they were just kind of underrated in that standpoint. And it pretty much happened to everybody. Every best team go in there and they got hit in the mouth early and, and the offense plays very well early as well. I asked this question on the page and I'm going to ask you now. The result of Two weeks, the Super Bowl. Two weeks, two weeks from now, does the result of that game change the narrative or change Peyton Manning's legacy? I think it has to. Um, you know, I'm not the biggest Peyton Manning fan. Uh, it'll be really ironic the two times he's played very, he's played pretty poorly. If he gets two rings out of that, I mean, he played awful that year that he beat the Bears in the Super Bowl. I think he had 37 interceptions that year. Um, and this year, I mean, he's He's not turning the ball over, but, I mean, he's surely not anything close to spectacular. It's kind of what everyone accuses Eli of is what he's doing. But it has to change the narrative. At the end of the day, like, he probably should have got a ring or two when he played lights out and didn't. So you can't punish him for just managing the game and getting one at the end of his career. It's not like he has a great running game. So it has to change the narrative. If he gets two MVPs, two Super Bowls, I think he's solidified his his number three ranking. So, um you still have to remember him for kind of coming up short more often than not, um, but two helps. It, 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 he's not Wilt, but I think it helps like it helped Wilt and that, okay, he has two now, even though he didn't get past the Patriots in this case often, he at least did it twice. So you can you, you kind of give it to him at that point. Um, it, anyone that thinks he's the best of all time after this win, I, I, I probably will lose a lot of respect for your opinion. Uh, for me, it's complicated. you got to give him top five, but there have just been so many times where his performance was lacking in big games. And he weren't just like Brady failed, and he wasn't great yesterday. But he, at the end of the game, they're still in a position to win. Well, not yesterday, but Sunday. At the end of the game, they're still in a position to win. It's rare that Tom Brady just got blasted in the playoffs. I can't remember a time. Maybe that Ravens game years ago with Flacco, we only threw nine passes and everybody crowned him the king of football. But uh, <laughs> maybe that game that got blown out. But I can't remember the last time. There were times when Peyton just didn't have a chance in the playoffs and in the Super Bowl even. So I think that damages your legacy a little bit. Maybe he's top three. Uh, I mean, I'm, I'm having a hard time. But I can't put him into the GOAT contention with where he is now, even if he wins this, this game manager uh, championship that's coming on right now, which I doubt. Uh, do you have a hard – you have a lean yet in the Super Bowl? Yeah, Panthers. Um, I do I, I want. I, like I want to not quick jump quick. on it. I'm a little. I'm a little worried about them on the not at home. Um, I think they're a different team not at home. But I, I definitely like the Panthers. Um, I, I. I don't think it'll be that close. I think we're talking 31-14, 31-17 type deal. Um, I think Denver's defense is a lot better than most people are giving them credit for. Um, but I think the Panthers' offense is still so very, very underrated. Um, they won for 100, like 20 straight games. Like, and they get explosive plays. You know how rare that is? So I, I just don't see how you how you really stop that offense um, and, and hold them down. <sighs> um, yeah, I, I lean that way really hard. But the other thing I could think is that a lot of people thought Denver was going to beat Seattle. A lot of people thought that 
and that's a couple years ago. But a lot of people with this uh, Denver and New England game, they assumed New England was going to win. When you assume that great offense beats great defense, you're usually wrong. But, you know, my eyes tell me that Carolina's got a team, but great defense beats great offense. And I posted the stat today that number one defenses are 9-2 and two in the Super Bowl. And that includes Seattle losing last year, which they should not. Yeah, I mean, to me, I think it's more like last year than it is two years ago with Peyton. I think that I think that the um, Patriots scored enough to win that game, um, and Seattle's offense wasn't bad. So I think you have Denver's defense will play well, but I just I think great. I mean, I don't see how Peyton doesn't turn the ball over and they're successful. Like Carolina's defense, I don't think is great, but they're opportunistic. They're going to create turnovers. They do on good quarterbacks, much less Peyton at this point in his career. So I think things just start to unravel. They get a couple turnovers. They get a big play. And then it's downhill, and they're good to go at that point. Yeah, but he's done a good job of not uh, turning the ball over, but he wasn't as impressed. Well, I don't think people are really analyzing his uh, performance. They're just like, oh, the sheriff did it again. And, oh, no, the sheriff didn't have to do a whole lot but basically have three good passes because the defense played lights out. Let's, I mean, honestly, Denver should have won that game by – Denver should have won that game by 21 points. He missed three oh, God, wide. Yes, if he had even showed up, if he had done more than a Trent Dilfer performance, they should have blown him out. I mean, wide open people on double moves, he missed. He, he was one of four in those. In the end zone, not like, oh, 50 yards, but literally over three, three people in the end zone. So. He can't throw outside the numbers. I mean, it's, it's, I was looking at some of the game footage, was it all 22. He cannot throw outside the numbers. It doesn't even matter if it's a 10-yard pass. He can't throw outside the numbers unless he just lobs it up there and hopes the receiver can run out of it. But he can't drive the ball at all outside the numbers. And and Carolina runs a cover three, very similar to Seattle. they got big corners. Like, I just don't think – I don't like it for him, man. I don't like it at all. Yeah, it's a really bad matchup. The only thing I can see is if we just that defense just dominate. If they play like they did against New England, could be a long day for Cam, and it could be like a very close game. And maybe they're still but how, in, but how Carolina has one of the best O lines in football. He should protect one of the secrets or one of the unsung things about their line. And pro football focus has this as the number two line in the league this yeah. year, offensive line, is that he yeah. has all day to throw. I mean, yep. but if you put some pressure on him, I don't care who he is. You keep getting hit enough and as big as strong, and if, and if he becomes a runner again, as opposed to this pocket pass that he's become, I don't think it's the same guy. And I think some of his mechanics will break down. Even though his mechanics aren't great now, he's used to throwing the way he's throwing from the pocket with a clean pocket. You get that pressure on him from the edge, I don't know. I think, but doesn't that even become more dangerous if you're sitting there and, and press man coverage? against his receivers, and you're just turning them loose on the edge to try to go get them and leave them running lanes? I mean, he has to No, they got to get to him with four like they did Brady. I mean, they're going to have to get yeah, to him with three and four. I know, but one, that line's very good. Two, if you're trying to do like you do Brady and he just stepped, that line's too good. They're not going to get there that quick. And if you just rushing recklessly, like he could turn in a 150-yard rushing day. And I, I think just think a lot, of, a lot of him being – I think a lot of him – 
and the protection is how good their running game is and people making sure they're contained in their lanes and they're not just recklessly rushing. You still have to account for them. And I think everyone does that. And a lot of it is, okay, we still have to account for draws. We still have to maintain our discipline. Like all those rules are still in effect, and I think that helps the O-line so much. Along with the running game, you can't just pin back your ears like they were in this Brady. I don't see that happening. And we're on cam still. So why, and I don't, no, I'm not even going to ask you the question. I'm just going to make yeah, we're not getting into respond to it. We're not getting into okay, it. What, what do you think bothers people? Or, or what What do you think of it? I mean, I don't know. What I don't even know what to say. I, also, I can give my thoughts. Like, well, we go two ways. One, thank goodness Cam just said this. He, he, he literally just kind of said everything I've been saying. Like, he's not different than three, four years ago. That's what he just said. He was talking about how he's not different. He's the same Cam. He's just winning more. And when you're winning, it smiles instead of sad. Oh, so now you it. believe his words. But when I show you an interview where he said he did change, you don't believe his words. He said that he said that stuff because it was what they want to hear. He said he would get in trouble for saying what he said now. It's literally verbatim what he said. Like, you can tell he's the same dude, man. Like, it's just it, 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 nothing's changing. I, the media overblows. This is why players get pissed because ultimately all of these sensationalized stuff, he's, mo- he's pouting, he's, this happened in the locker room, all of this stuff rarely has any impact on the actual game. And some of the best teams ever have had some of the most dysfunctional locker rooms ever. Some of the best quarterbacks ever have been assholes. Some of the best players. So, like, all of this stuff it gets sensationalized just for entertainment factor. And I'm glad players are starting to talk about it. And it's like, hey, that's stuff. But at the same really time, bad. when you're losing, that stuff bothers people, like RG3. Yeah, when you're winning, things go on. But there are a lot of teams that were screwed up that, and people were doing dysfunctional things, and the team fell apart, too. So it goes both ways. Yeah, no, that's not why they suck, though. That that stuff is bothering them because they suck. They're not sucking because of that stuff. And that's where I think people get it upset. Like the Carolina Panthers weren't sucking because Cam was sulking. They were sucking because he couldn't hit open receivers. And now he does it better. <laughs> so it, it's like an RG3. Yeah, but none of this deal. is his leadership or any of that stuff. None of that is has to do with him winning and the enthusiasm that he's bringing. Yeah, of course, but he would bring the same enthusiasm if he was hitting passes. He would salt it now if they were 6-10. and 10. Like He's just gotten better with his performance on the field, and that spiral with him being happy and him being a leader, if he was playing poorly, some of the characteristics that you don't like about him would spiral. If they were 6-10 and 10 and he was dancing all up in the videos, his teammates might not like that so much. But when they're 15-1 and he's dancing in the videos, Everybody wants to jump along and do a win. But philosophically, so, yeah. philosophically, not just necessarily the camp, but philosophically, if his enthusiasm and leadership can be credited, on the other end, there's Jay Cutler, where the lack of enthusiasm and the pouting and all that stuff is not good either, right? Or how can one how can one end of the spectrum work in his favor, but in the other end doesn't? I well, I think for everyone, I just don't personally. I think that for the Cam issue, he's going to show both ends of the spectrum. Now, if there's someone that never is positive, that's completely different. 
But if there's someone who's an emotional player and they show their emotions, it's fine. Like, how can Cam pouting possibly be worse than Brady ripping people a new one for morale? That's probably more, more motivated. I mean, that's motivated. No, I mean, no, 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 no. Some of the stuff Brady does is not motivated. When he's, like, going, <laughs> about to go blows with coordinators, that is not motivated. I don't care what you say. You, I'm not going to let you do what everyone else does and just try to say it's okay because Brady. Like, I, I thought you meant players. It's not that often no, that he everyone, gets yeah, that. Yeah, just so everyone, awesome. period. Like, his demeanor is very bratty, whiny. Like, that's him. Like, yeah, he gets people hyped, too. But people don't he's like it. But he's, I mean, he, it's proven to be successful. This yeah, is the first year Cam has been he, super successful. That's because he's good. <laughs> if there were four oh, yeah. years, well, that would be yeah. criticized. So, like, that's why I'm saying that stuff is rarely as big of impact as people think. If Brady didn't say a word, they would still get it done because they'd have faith in his abilities and what he's doing on the field. Like, they, they got confidence in that man because – he delivers every time, not because he's yelling at him or he doesn't yell at him, et cetera, et cetera. If Cutler was great and he pouted, no one would care. But because he pouts and he throws a pick after it, <laughs> it's a problem. Like, so that's, I just think it, it gets made so much. And I enjoy it, too. Like, it's the entertainment factor. You do want to be entertained, but that's what it's for. It's for entertainment. That stuff matters way less than the media portrays it, and it gets people entertained. I want to know when something's happening in the locker room. I didn't want to hear that Samaki Walker story 10 years later. I would have loved to hear that two days after it happened, which we would have in this era, and it would have been funny. It would have been hilarious. I would have been entertained. They probably won the next game. Well, maybe not because they sucked in, but it, it, it probably didn't have much effect on the game. Like, so that's, that's just what I'm saying. Like, it just gets sensationalized a lot of it, the body language experts, all that, and it, it doesn't really matter that often, or is, they just suck at playing it. Like, yes, I'm sure it has some effect. Yes, if somebody's a crappy leader, you're not going to play as well as a quarterback. But I don't think body language is the, the epitome. Body language in a press conference, when some people are around somebody for 30 hours a week, is, is what's going to determine if they're the leader. Let's go switch to the NBA. Foolishness abounds in uh, La La Land with the Clippers. You posted something very interesting, and I don't know if you got it from somewhere over this, just your idea about Blake Griffin's trade value. For those that didn't see it, can you uh, rehash it? Yeah, I was just looking at people. I saw Bill Simmons' tweet, and I was appalled by his tweet because it's Bill Simmons. And, of course, he said, tell you, I'm David Lee and three first-rounders for Blake. And and it's just, uh, I am mad I even read his timeline after reading that. Um if you go through the history of the NBA, the team, especially since the salary cap, probably since 96, the team that have won successfully have acquired a superstar somehow. That's the end goal, acquire a superstar. No matter how you do it, you want to acquire a superstar, and, the, and you want to get the best way to acquire a superstar. So I think – that if I'm the Celtics, I'd do whatever it takes to get Blake Griffin. I would trade Jay Crowder. I'd trade Smart. I'd trade one of the Nets' first-round picks. Literally, I'd give them just about anything. If they want a Crowder, Isaiah Thomas, and two first-rounders, one being the Nets, I'd do it in a heartbeat because you have to get a superstar, and everything else falls in line for you to become the contender and get a superstar. And the way the NBA has gone, so what I said is Jay Crowder gave it me three first-round picks, including the Nets. 
I would do that deal from the Celtics. People said that was too much. But I don't even think the Clippers would say yes to it. The issue, in my opinion, is, and, and where the hole is, is everyone's covering first-round picks so much, and they, they become overvalued. And I think there's – and I didn't get this from you, but I think there's a hole where GMs could take advantage of that value and, and start trading picks and, and acquiring better players, surefire players. Like, if you look at the Celtics, what have they done with all those four first-rounders they've had? They've gotten – Marcus, they've got Marcus Smart, James Young, Kelly Olynyk, and Jared Sellinger, and they have four first-round picks over the last two or three years. So if you keep doing that over and over and over again, why not trade five first-rounders for a superstar? You know this guy for the next four years, and Blake's a little tricky because he only has two years left on his deal, so eh, can you do it? I mean, it would probably be easier for a Kevin Love, per se, but why not go get a superstar instead of hoping you get someone as good as Andrew Wiggins, then you have to hope that even as good as he is right now, that he becomes an all-star, much less all-NBA, Blake Boogie. So if you can get a superstar, as long as you're not giving up someone that's tangibly going to be a superstar, I think you do it every single time. And and even New York, it worked out better than it did for Denver. Like, it, it never fails. You wind up better if you trade even if I have to trade three quarters, three dimes, and a nickel for actual dollar, I'm doing it. The Warriors, we, we're seeing something that we've never seen before. Is anyone that can stop them, including the 95 Bulls, is breaking the record? Is there any way they don't come away with a back-to-back championship? Uh, yeah, I think there's a, definitely a way they'll come around and back to back championships. I think people are jumping on that way too much. Uh, Golden State's a regular season team, man. Like, they are obviously historically great. I said this last year, and I believe it. They are a historically great team. But they thrive in regular seasons. It's more open. It's still warrior basketball. When you see those sets for the third time, Things become stagnant. Things get a little tight. Let's not forget, like, I was – they didn't sweep the playoffs last year. They they struggled with Cleveland, uh, an undermanned Cleveland team. I think they still can be beat. Um, and Memphis. I, I don't – I mean, obviously I wouldn't bet on it, but I, I honestly still think Cleveland, San Antonio, or Oklahoma City could beat them. Hell, I think the Clippers in the right setting, if they had everyone healthy and clicking on all cylinders, uh, would give them a run. Um, I just think they need to play all of them, and then we may get to see. Um, I wouldn't bet against them, but this surefire give the Spurs or, or Warriors the ship, I don't agree with that at all. Like, I, I think if you look at some of the stuff that was happening to them in the playoffs, like, they don't shoot as well. They lost to the Grizzlies last year. Like, even I, people were like, oh, they're not as good because they lost three games. I Like, I thought that was too far, but they're not just going to blitz through the playoffs. They're, they're just not. Like, you get accustomed to some of their sets, the things that's going to make them win in the playoffs is the fact that they're so good on defense. Um, I think that's what ultimately wins them a title. But I would love to see them play San Antonio and OKC and then Cleveland. And um, I'd probably pick the field if that's the case, if they had to play all three. That's the thing, too. Um, I think that last year people couldn't, articulated, but the fact that they got the easy road, so to speak, 
is they didn't go through the grind. Even though I think they're unbeatable, honest to God. Unless somebody gets hurt, I really think they're unbeatable, and that's not where I want to be with it either. But I just think they run offense. They're so smart. It's hard to stop them offensively. They play the defense, and they just perfectly they, – they just – they're what basketball is really supposed to be. But the grind, like you say, or like I'm trying to say off of what you say, if they have to play the Thunder and the Spurs and Cleveland, that grind of playing what, maybe – 18, 19, 20 games, possibly 21, but I don't think it would go seven with all of them. But to do that in the playoffs, that's very difficult, and that's the typical grind that you get coming out of the West. Yeah, exactly. I mean, let's not forget, this is a team Houston. That Houston team took last year, and, like, I don't want to jump on the they had it easy, it was the luckiest team in history stuff. But I mean, it's it's not false. Like, <laughs> just look at the route they took. Like, it's not it's not inaccurate. And even this year, like everyone's hyped, they blew out the Spurs. But they got them at home. They've only played them once. They haven't played OKC. Like, we still haven't seen what we we're asking to see, really. And get the Spurs on the road, OKC on the road. Like, that's what we're looking for. Like, they beat the Cavs, but Cavs are playing like crap. So, uh, I just. I think we, we want to see those matchups. Obviously, they're historically great. I don't think it's a slam dunk like it was for the Bulls, like everyone knew they were going to win. I don't think it's that. And then we have the coach killer, <laughs> LeBron James. What do you make of the whole scenario with Blatt and LeBron James? All right, so um, – I mean, obviously, Bron's lying to a certain extent, but I—I I, I mean, I mean, plausible—he's omitting very, very convenient stuff. Like, you know, I believe they probably did not go to LeBron the day before and say, "Yo, we about to fire Black." I believe that LeBron didn't ask for Black to get fired. Do I think they knew? that LeBron wasn't happy with him and didn't want him, I think they knew that when he signed on the dotted line. <laughs> I think they know LeBron didn't want Black the entire time. I think they know LeBron would prefer Tyler and Lou the entire time. And, and, and it's, you've seen some of the stuff with Black. So, like, there's one thing for us to listen, listen to the Monday morning quarterbacks now and all the sources coming out that LeBron can't probably leak in themselves about Black's um, incompetence, but we saw them. We saw him try to call a timeout and almost lose the game to the Bulls. We saw him try to have LeBron inbound the ball. Like we saw very, we saw him play six men in the finals. Like we saw very questionable stuff from Blatt. We saw him consistently play Delhi a lot of minutes. Like we I'm saw gonna cut you off with Blatt, son, because this is ridiculous. Oh, we, we man, the man! Oh my gosh, they never respected him. He had no chance from the get go. But I, I want to get to the way LeBron. Hold on, hold on, no, hold on, hold on, hold on. Hold on. <laughs> If you can't command respect, isn't that your job as a coach? It's not, they're not going to give you a chance from the get-go. Some of these players are based totally on reputation, but they're not intelligent enough to know that his background and how that means something in international basketball, which half the guys they compete against come from a European international environment, and this guy went four or five championships, and you're calling him a rookie because he's not in the NBA. It's not like Kyrie Irving is super coachable. Kevin Love and LeBron are passive-aggressive. It's not the easiest team to coach in the first place. You could work exactly. with the coach. You could work with the coach. Because the offense that you wanted to run is what they need to do to win. 
Hey, I'm with you, but that's why you got to go. Nobody likes you. You got to go. How none of the three like you? Love ain't even like him. How you? How the well, he's hot. Because he had a chip on his shoulder because they were treating him like a rookie. <laughs> I, well, it, come on. If Love don't like LeBron and Kyrie and they exclude him, you can't even get him on your side? Well, I, I mean, I probably, I would imagine, I didn't read anything that Love didn't like him. He just didn't stand up for him. He's a punk anyway. He's not going to stand up for anybody. <laughs> Kevin Love that is one. not the kind of person. He just takes shots at people and says, oh, the leadership that starts with that guy over there. He can't even say the guy's <laughs> name. He can't say LeBron's name. And he across the room. He's being passive aggressive, but he really is being pretty direct. And he thinks he's being <laughs> he thinks he's being subtle. No, you said what? the guy had to stand him twelve feet across from you. I mean, it just wasn't the job for him, man. He he's not used to men. I mean, the biggest the the absolute biggest critique on him when he came in was not the X and O. It was like he doesn't know how to manage stars because he played in Europe, and that proved yep. to be true. You can't let a grown man punch. And from all accounts, he was scared of LeBron. So yes, LeBron may hate you. And, and But you can't just let them punk you in front yeah, of yeah. everyone and not be – like, you have to command respect. That's anything. Like, if somebody's not respecting you, somebody's a bully, you got to prove your worst. you got to challenge them. No man's going to respect another man that doesn't challenge him. So, like, yeah, I'm sure LeBron it takes that approach for just about everyone. He took that approach for Spro. Granted, he had Pat Riley telling him he's staying, but Spro challenged them dudes orally and often. So, and the thing, though, know, but the thing, the thing about that, and I want to transition a little bit, is there's a way that LeBron does things that I found really weird with the decision, first of all, but with the other, with the decision part, too, is where when you look at it and you read about it, like, he he didn't meet with, uh, what's the owner <laughs> of the Cavs' name? Gilbert. Uh, Gilbert. He didn't meet with him until, like, a week before he signed, or it might have been the weekend before he signed. Like, there was no contact. It's like he's so passive aggressive, and there's so much uh, uh, cape. And, uh, there's just so much stuff under the surface and sending through channels. And it's like when they name the Pope and they put the smoke out when they they don't have the right Pope, and then they do it again. You finally got a Pope. It's like this 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 skull and bones secret society he's got that surrounded him, and you don't even know what he's really thinking instead of just being slightly more direct. Well, I mean, some of that's packaging too, and, and I mean, from that standpoint, would you trust Gilbert? Like, I don't well, know, talk but to he that did man. it to Riley too. There was one meeting with Riley, and then there was no like, contact after that. And Riley texted I mean, him; he didn't respond. I mean, what are you doing? I don't understand. You I can't mean, just respond. I mean, that's negotiate. You can't negotiate with people. You just show up. Well, and like, hey, I'm coming. He's I'm always been like that, though. I mean, he's always been. And from the step he got in, we want the players to have more power. Owners try to control too much. This isn't going to be this. And, I mean, I respect that part. It's like, hey, this is my decision. Why do I need to talk to you until I get there? Like, yeah, I mean, I why do I need this? Man, but the way he does stuff, like this is what led to Black because there was no communication. <laughs> um, he could say, I'm interested. He could say, hey, I'm interested, or tell somebody I'm interested, and then the agent and the owner start talking or whatever. He doesn't even do that. Like, nobody is talking to, you know, he, they assume that he's on the list. They don't know more than Chris Bouchard. So, <laughs> he could have like, told like, So he then you had the black. <laughs> what? He could have at least told Calipari. That's a yeah, boy. He could have told someone. Like, so then they hire Blatt, and because you want to play games, you got Blatt, 
Then you play more games when you get Blatt and you want Mark Jackson. Then you still don't get Mark Jackson. So now you got Tyrone Lue, and if that don't work out, he already do, he's already doing passive-aggressive stuff. Uh, Lue said they were out of shape. LeBron has put himself on Instagram working out with no shirt on in the morning. Basically say, hey, I'm in shape. I don't know what you're talking about. Man, all right, let's not. Let's Communication not do that. skills. That's what, I'm, that's what I'm talking about, man. Broad said all the right things. He said, yeah, we're trying to get in shape, lose right, we got to get running, hopefully the other guys will follow. I mean, I don't know, man. If from all it tells, Broad's a pretty good teammate. Most of his teammates like him all the time. I mean, it's not like he's a terrible teammate. You know what the worst like, thing is? You know what the worst thing is about this whole running thing? The whole, the, the very worst thing about the running thing, and their analytics, they looked at it, they don't run enough. When they do run, they're very good at transition. It was Blatt's idea, and nobody would do it because Blatt said it. <laughs> that's the yeah, bad I mean, part. Yeah, but I mean, but that's my point. Like, I'm also, the timing is horrible. It's idiotic. It's just a clown. It's a mockery. It's going to take you three months to get anywhere. Maybe they'll start clicking. Maybe they'll get it together. But he had to go, ultimately. At the end of the day, how does he stay there? Team's miserable. Everyone hates coming to work. They're not good. They don't – no one's getting inspired by anyone, and they're not listening to them. How do you not fire them? They're not going to listen to Tyrone Lou either. So, anyway, I mean, they, they, they think that – He's the only one that challenged LeBron. At least he's going to be a man about it. I know they're still lazy, and that's part of the problem is they all play what they do. They got three people on their team that play superstar four. ball. Three, four. Who's four? Who's four? They all don't play superstar ball? I, I don't even know what you call that. That's just gutter. It, it, it it's is. crazy. You just don't get as many that's touches. Even, but, no, it is. It's still superstar ball. You just don't get yeah, as many touches. Yeah, it doesn't, yeah, yeah. But doesn't he play defense sometimes or try? I don't know. Yeah, you're kind of right. Uh, but I'm going to say three. But you got three people that get a lot. Well, he shoots a lot. But three people with a high usage rate or could have a high usage rate that play superstar ball and only give effort if the maximum effort, if the ball is in their hand. You cannot win an NBA championship with three people that think they're the superstar or are used to it and have been in all their lives. Like you can't change Love and Kyrie when they've played all their lives to never really guard anybody off the ball. And then all of a sudden now they're going to start guarding people off the ball. Their, their minds aren't even programmed for, for it from a basketball perspective. Yeah, and I agree with that. I mean, I, I always found it weird that, and this is why I said don't trade for love. Just keep Wiggins, get love in the offseason, which would have helped a lot. But there's two big issues here. One, love and Brian play the same position at this point. Like, Brian's best at power forward, love's best at power forward. You cannot play love at center. That's just catastrophic. So what do you do? Brian can't shoot. You give Kevin Love his elbow touches. You put Brian out there at the three, and then what? You're going to have Brian at center? That's really the only credible thing you can possibly do. What do you think happened to his jump shot? Um, I don't know. I think, I mean, it, it's only been great two or three years, like, to a reasonable standpoint. I mean, I think. I don't remember the last bad ever. Maybe rookie year, a couple of first years, second years. Yeah, I mean, I think he's just, I mean, I think he's always gone through some spells, some dry spells. I think uh, he'll get it together and get it to a decent level. Um, but I think his legs, man. I think he's getting older. His legs are a little more tired. A lot of wear and tear in that legs. He's not getting as much lift and elevation on his jumper. He's actually hitting it. Uh, I saw this stat. Kyrie is shooting 25%. On wide open shots, that is six feet. He's got to go. Honest, I, 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 honest. He, he's got to go. Like if it was me, I would got to get rid of Kyrie before Love. I, I don't think the team is better 
with Kyrie is a second option than it is with Love is a second option. I don't know if you agree or disagree. Uh, well, the thing is, is Kyrie has to play how Kyrie plays. Um, he's not good catch and shoot somehow. So he kind of don't give him the ball. Okay, how he plays? <laughs> plays for love. Guard. Don't give him the ball. To the point guard, like you're, it's, it's both. It's the same with Kyrie and Love. You can't justify having either of them on the court if they're not getting their touches. Like you just can't justify it. They're too much of minus defenders. Kyrie tries this year. So I mean, I don't know, man. I don't even think it matters a section option. At the end of the day, they had it figured out at one point last year. The, the, with all three of them on the court, they were second in the league in point differential. They had it figured out going into the playoffs, and they got hurt. So, I mean, I think I think yeah. Love does need more elbow touches. I think it definitely can work. Um, they just need to get it together, play together, et cetera, et cetera. The problem is on the defensive end, I don't see how they fix that on defense and, unless you just don't play Love down the stretch. Like, that's the only thing. And we're saying all this crap, and they're 44 and 8 when all three of them play. It's funny. It's just that the expectations are so high as it should be. Yeah, but we do the same know. thing. We do the same thing with them. We do the same thing with the Thunder. Like the Thunder lost what seven games with Westbrook and Durant. Like it's just we do this to these teams. It's like, what do you really want? These teams are going to win sixty, sixty-two games. And we're talking about how bad they are. We want to go to state. We want to go to state has messed everybody well, else up. They they they, they really they, have they changed it. Because you expect, it's like, how come they don't lose? Like, I really go into these games thinking they're not going to lose. Like, I never think they're actually going to lose. Because on that streak, I thought they were going to lose several times, and they didn't. So I was like, okay, I give up. <laughs> now yeah, I don't think like, they're going to lose. It's like the crazy thing about Golden State is that when they don't try, they beat a scrub team by 12 points. Everybody else, when they don't try, they'll lose to a sorry team. They lose, yeah, exactly. Yeah, Golden State don't try, they only win by 12 points. And when they turn it up, they beat the best teams by 30. It's scary. Bro. Yeah, yeah. They, they are problems. They are a big problem. Did we miss anything? No, nah, man, I, I think for overall we, we kind of hit it on the head. Um, I, I just – I think it, people are underestimating how good of an NBA season this is. There are a lot of good teams. There are a lot of good storylines. Um, I'd be really interested to kind of see if anything happens on the trade deadline. I think that other people are hearing this chatter – and people are going to start. Um, people are going to start freaking out about Golden State and just, all right, man, we're going to just hit reset. It's like they got it for two, three years. And we're going to just hit reset. I would. It wouldn't shock me if I saw some team make some moves to try to get that done. Um, we'll see, man. I, I really, really don't think that they are just going to continue this all the way through the playoffs. Though it would shock me if they didn't struggle in the playoffs. I still got them winning, but they will be challenged. Yeah. Well, thank you. I appreciate it. This was fun. We got fired up a little bit. Pretty fun. Yeah. All right. Thank you, man. I appreciate it. Always good. Bye-bye. All right.